Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Bite Show podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Lawman Lamont, standing in for LeGrand Jolly. Uh, my reign will continue for one more episode, but I think that will quickly come to an end. Praise be. I am here with two co-hosts. I've got one common trash variety, Jared Red Eye Dunn. How's it going, Jared? I'm like the white loot co-host, you know? Just, you like, pick it up, you just sell it at a vendor. You kick it down the road is what you do with that. Uh, and then I've got one super shiny purple-rated Wesley Livesey. How's it going, Wesley? Just so we're clear, I'm obviously exotic grade. Excellent yellow, very rare. Wesley, you folks may remember, uh, Alum of the Game Bite Show, and uh, also the host of the Great War podcast, right? History of the Great War, yes. History of the Great War. We never get that right. It's really shameful. Really it's kind shameful. of a running joke now. I sort of like it. I sort of do it on purpose. Sort of like how we'll be done in 30 minutes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, so this is, uh, of course, the Game Bite Show podcast where we will give you the games that we've been playing in succinct and tasty little Game Bites, definitely within 30 minutes or less, even, uh, or your money back. You'll get it all right back. As I am bound by etiquette to do, I think we're going to start with our special guest, Wesley, who's got a uh, quite a little clutch of good games on the docket. What's, what's going on, Wesley? What you been playing? Okay. I, so here's the deal. Okay. I play a lot of Destiny. Too much <laughs> Destiny. In fact, for most of the time I've played Destiny, I don't think Destiny's been that great of a game. But somehow I've played 520 hours of it. Jeez. And so last week... The, pretty impressive. Yeah. In a manner. Sure. So this last week, the last expansion for Destiny 1 came out, Rise of Iron. Uh, this is the last one before Destiny 2 comes out. I, I was going to say, year. are we calling it Destiny 1 now? Yeah, because there will be a Destiny 2 next year is oh. what everybody's saying. Oh, but the rumors are right now late next year. And okay. rumor has that Destiny 2 coming to PC, possibly. That is correct. Perks my ears up. So this is the last one, $30, which is less than last year's expansion, Taken King, which people seem to really like. Um, And it introduces a new patrol area, which is like their big open world areas with a few things to do. Not a ton, but a few things. And then it also digs into the Iron Lord's storyline, which has just been touched upon in what little story there is in Destiny. Um, How they present it is sort of like an ancient... It sort of reminds me of a story of like a group of ancient knights who all died on a heroic mission, all but one of them, anyway. So that's how they sort of frame the story, which there's not a ton of. Um, And how they've done story for the last couple of expansions is there's a short couple of hours worth of story missions that you play through at the beginning, and then it sort of opens up into a bunch of other quests and things to get rewards, which is okay. Um, I would prefer more, more story content. But it feels like they are not putting a huge priority on it. I've heard it said that this is like the fastest story content possibly ever of all time. Like literally two hours and you're done with it. So I think my first playthrough was about an hour and 45 minutes, I think. Um, Which it could be longer for some people just because it might take them longer to do the missions and stuff. But yeah, it was was really quick. Um, Which I don't really mind like... I don't necessarily play the game for that story content, but having so little of it makes the expansion feel a lot smaller than maybe it is. Um, and unlike in Taken King, so when you completed the like three-ish hour story campaign of Taken King, it um, opened up into a bunch of other quests with a bunch of other missions. And that like second stage isn't really present in Rise of Iron. Like once you get through with the story content, you're 
sort of done. Like, all you can really do is go grind out some strikes to increase your level um, without, and there's not a whole lot of other things to do. They they have done some cool things, like there's a new um, like hub area called Fel's, Felwinter's Peak, which is like the tower, if you've played Destiny. Uh-huh. And that's cool, I guess, but you know, it's the kind of place where you go into, visit some people, get some stuff, and then leave. So it doesn't really add a whole lot to the game. So you mentioned strikes. Do they give you new strikes in this or, or new raids? I know the raids are usually the big thing. There is a new raid, but first strikes, like there's a few new strikes, and then they've taken some old ones and sort of remade them with a new coat of paint. Which, As you do in Destiny. As you do in Destiny. Reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> Especially in Rise of Iron, because apparently they only had like nine months to make this. Um, apparently, it was initially planned that Destiny 2 would come out this fall. But at some point around the beginning of the year, they decided that that wasn't going to happen. So they needed something. And that's I, what I, I'm about to is. say, it almost is this something they just kind of kicked out, just to kind of bridge, not necessarily plan from the beginning? Pretty much. That's exactly what it is. And... Initially, I assumed that it was like a piece of Destiny 2 sort of pulled off, but what it sounds like with the rumors for Destiny 2 are currently from Kotaku, which they've been pretty good on Destiny rumors, is that Destiny 2 is going to be completely different. So this is probably not like a piece of Destiny 2 pulled off into its own expansion, instead just a thing they dreamt up and made in nine months. And if that's the case... Okay. Yeah, I almost wonder if it was like something that hit the uh, cutting room floor and they're like, uh, dust it back off. <laughs> yes, and that's what the Taken King was. The Well, I guess the rumors are that the Taken King, basically that whole expansion was initially going to be in the base game, but it got cut like a year before um, release and it only made it back in a year after release. So that's interesting. Well, you know, the other thing about the Taken King was there was, um, I don't know if it was technically part of the Taken King, but there was that, uh, you know, they redid some of the voices and stuff where they had Nolan North as your ghost mm-hmm. and uh, Nathan Fillion, you know, played a bigger role. Any any value added stuff like that here or is it really just a... Uh, there's a new character. So I think you've done, uh, so Iron Banner is a monthly PVP event they've done since the beginning. And right. so one of the, the guy who sort of runs that, the the in-universe guy who runs the Iron Banner, is like the main story person in this expansion. Um, like Lord Shax or something like Saladin, that? Saladin, Lord Saladin. Oh, Saladin. Or La- Lord Saladman, as many people call You're him. You're pretty close, though. <laughs> um but, I mean, there's not a whole lot there in terms of any sort of character development or anything. He's just like a big stoic guy who kills people with a large flaming axe. That's a gimmick that you can get behind. Yeah, if, if you're going to do some things, yeah, that's that's how you do it, I guess. Um, so I, what do you think about the price? Because for me, I realize that this is a little less than The Taken King was when it came out. But something about this has really struggled. That $30 price point, for some reason, for me, seems really hard to swallow. I, I went in for The Taken King. Uh-huh. And, you know, I played through the story mode. And I, I never really was sure that I was playing it right. And then now there's this. And for some reason, I'm, like, really looking at that 30 bucks, And I'm going, gosh, I, I just don't know. So I should say that there is a new raid that people have played now and people seem to like it. I haven't played it yet because I'm not at the appropriate light level. And it seems like it took players uh, approximately two hours to defeat the raid, according to this. Yeah, so the first run was about two hours. Now, so um, King's Fall, 
took about six hours for the first team. But the difference is, so first of all, King's Fall, which is the Taken King raid, is a much larger raid. There's there's a lot more content in it, but also people were very underleveled for the Taken King raid, and the hardcore people were not for uh, the raid in Rise of Iron, which I think is called Wrath of the Machine. So in Destiny, when you're underleveled, you do less damage and you take more damage. So bosses become even more bullet spongy and you basically get into like one hit kill scenarios very often. So you can see why that might take a team a little longer to complete a raid when they're doing no damage and dying all the time. You're just like lugging each other's corpses through pretty the much. hallways. It's, it pretty sounds much. like a uh, Game Byte Show video stream. We're pretty familiar with that. Does. <laughs> like any, even the entry level stuff, that's Game Byte Show. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, did you watch my Mega Man content? <laughs> I was there for that. <laughs> So, so yeah, it didn't take them very long. And I've heard now that, like, teams are getting through it in, like, 45 minutes, and it's only been, like, a week. So, I don't know. It That's maybe a little worrying. They keep promising more content as time goes by, but... I mean, they're going to have to cut it off at some point. But with at $30, I cannot recommend this to Ooh. anybody. Oh. Except for, like, the... Except for, like, the people who really like really like destiny like the people who probably already bought it basically. the people who probably already bought it yeah because and so they really didn't add any new i mean they just added more of the same right they didn't add any new yeah. unique sort of game modes or anything like that they have added one new pvp mode called supremacy which is a lot like kill confirmed in call of duty if you're familiar with it um where to get credits for kill, when you kill somebody, they drop a thing on the ground, and to get credit for the kill, you have to go get it, or the other team can deny it by grabbing it instead, which yeah. is interesting, but it's not anything revolutionary. It's been in Call of Duty for like five years now. So let's give Bungie at least one shot here. The guns. Real quickly, because I know we got more stuff to get through, but are the guns worth it? I mean, are there cool guns now? So Gallerhorn is back, which was the big um, exotic from year one, the rocket launcher right. that everybody liked. Yep. It's still a rocket launcher that everybody likes. And beyond that, there's cool stuff, I guess, but there's oh, nothing no. There's nothing completely revolutionary. And then that's where it comes back to. It's like well, this expansion is just a continuation of what they've been doing. And there's nothing crazy. There's nothing revolutionary. It's just more destiny. Not a whole lot more, but more more so and that's why i'm glad that the rumors are currently that destiny 2 is a completely different game that may be coming to pc as well and that excites me a lot because i really feel like they have just wrung everything out of the destiny formula that they can that they can at this point well they've done pretty well with it i mean it's sort of been dominating mindshare off and on since it released and uh you know i've enjoyed it but I just eventually got to a point where I just wasn't sure that I was doing it right. No, you probably weren't. No, probably not. It, it seems like the type of game that you really have to have a group of people that you sort of play consistently with. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you just don't get out of it what you should probably be getting out of it, I yeah. think. Yeah, and so I actually got that group from a fan-made site called The100.io, I think. And so basically what it does is you put in like what time you play, what type of play you like, like casual, hardcore, PvP, PvE, and it just puts you with a hundred other random people that also pick those selections. Wait a minute. That's actually really cool. Is that just for Destiny or is that for I, I know other they have Destiny well? and The Division and I think another game, but I don't know. Um but it is super cool. Like I I've been with that group now for about a year and a half and 
it's been amazing. Like there's always somebody to play with. There's people who play at the same time as me, aren't as any more serious than I am about yeah, it. Yeah, so. that's really cool. It Actually, is. we'll have to check that out. That's pretty neat. So uh, also aside from Destiny, uh, I see that there's a little bit of a little bit of a medieval twist on some of what you've been playing. Yeah, so I've played. I started playing Dragon Age Inquisition again. So I ended up picking up the DLC when it was on sale on PSN early this week or late last week, I guess. Uh-huh. And so I was like, you know what? I want to feel like playing some Dragon Age Inquisition again. I love Dragon Age. Loved all the Dragon Age games. Loved the Mass Effect games. I love everything by Bioware. And what I've learned from going back through Dragon Age Inquisition is, first of all, character creators suck. And <sighs> it always looks like my character was hit in the face with a shovel repeatedly. Um, but the the game is still great, even though I know that it gets compared to The Witcher a lot, or The Witcher 3, which came out, I think, a couple months after or maybe a couple months before Inquisition. Right around the same time, for sure. It it doesn't compare favorably to The Witcher at all. Oh, man. Um, Just because of different types of games. And I actually think, I feel like I'm getting a memory right now of discussing this on one of the early um, Game Bytes episodes, like one of the first couple. So our listeners will just need to go back and listen to all of our backlog. I'm just getting this weird like Mm -hmm. deja vu feeling of describing this situation already. But anyway, checkers get on it. I like Dragon Age Inquisition. It borrows too much from MMOs with stupid fetch quests, but it's still cool. I still like the story. I really like the characters. Um, And also it's really cheap now. So if you haven't tried it, now could be a good time. Real quick, uh, what is the new DLC? Like, what is the... Um, so this is actually old, older DLC. It came out in, like, the six months after launch, and it's just story-based DLC. So uh, my understanding is is once you get to the end of the game, or not quite the end of the game, there's, a, like, a point of no return. This DLC, like, opens up three new map areas. I see, I see. So Well, uh, I, I have this installed, and I've actually just never... <laughs> I've just never really gotten around to it. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, that's that's about par for the course. And then I played some Defense Grid 2. And so it's a tower defense game that I really like. I have it on PS4. I know Jeremy has played a little bit of it. And the reason I know this is because it has a really cool feature where it shows you a graph of your score compared to everybody else's on your friends list, like second by second. So you can, you can see exactly how you're doing compared to everybody else for every second that you're playing. And I'm proud to report that I'm better than Mr. Lamont. That's really important that you're better than him. There's um, another game I was just playing that has a similar feature that was pretty cool. Uh, just Cause 3. So when you're doing like, say you're doing like a free fall, um, it'll start like showing you in real time, like here's your friends on, uh, I guess, Steam or whatever. Like here's how like how many seconds they've done a free fall. And like you can see yours ticking up and like it's kind of cool. I like I like when games do that. I think the and Jared was also better than me at Just Cause, so that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, I I kind of find that concept really interesting because there are so many things. L- like if you look at sports statistics, for example, when people look at football teams or soccer teams or or whatever, uh, for Europeans, those are the same teams. Um, it's hard sometimes to figure out like the stats. I know that sports stats are, are important to people, but it reminds me of like baseball. And and people say that sports stats in baseball are ruining baseball because everything you can crunch down to the numbers because it's one pitcher and one batter. 
and you can basically figure everything out. And I find the concept in something like Defense Grid where you can do that moment by moment by moment comparison, I find that very, very interesting because you could almost theoretically put an AI, you know, to op- you, you could almost math this game and like play it the best possible <laughs> you way. You could. There, there is a math out there for this game, I'm sure. Yeah, so... Probably uh, geometry or something. <laughs> probably. Calculus. Um, and then the last game I've been playing is Luminous. Um, it recently Ooh, came yeah. out for mobile, um, which really reignited my interest to play it on PC. So I've spent several hours playing Luminous again on my PC. <laughs> it, Luminous yeah, the, is still amazing. Like, it's still it, great. It is. It, it's really good. And, you know, the funny thing is, and, and actually LeGrand and I mentioned this when we talked about it recently, um, there is also kind of a secret to Luminous, too. Like, you can actually sort of just defeat the game once you sort of figure out some optimal shapes to, to throw. But mm-hmm. uh, it, Luminous is really good. When you played it on mobile, how did you find the controls? That was my big beef with that game. It was okay at the beginning. Like, yeah. I, when it's nice and slow, it seemed okay. Yeah. But as it sped up, mm, I don't want my finger there. Uh, I'd prefer a mouse for sure yeah right right yeah i i would find like over swiping or under swiping mm-hmm. or you know my drop you know trying to swipe it down to, to get the things you, you can sort of get a feel for it and do better at it but i think that was the main thing and i'll, I'll sort of be looking forward to see if they if they do um you know if they release some new albums for that or some new tracks there definitely is a sort of a suspicious looking spot in the mobile uh version where it kind of looks like they'll they'll add some new things in the pc version is it supernova uh, luminous supernova is the uh the pc game or is it just luminous it's just called luminous on just steam luminous. steam tells yeah. me it's just luminous just luminous they should just call it just luminous just call just luminous. luminous so says the gaben <laughs> well cool well, that's a that's a pretty good spread uh and uh, I, i'm pretty sure that you're probably better than me also at luminous really to be frank. i don't know i'm not very good at luminous actually <laughs> no well, I'm actually going to go ahead and talk about my games, and I think that'll be a good way to segue into Jared, because I think we we actually shared something in common. It's not in his list, but um, we'll, we'll have a chance to draw about this a little bit. Uh, the first game that I want to talk about that I've been playing is Darkest Dungeon, which was released on PC a while It back, was in early sure access for quite a while, but it, it uh, had its full release not too long ago. I want to say a couple months ago it came to version 1.0 or left early access yeah um and uh, this is a it's a roguelike style game and it is sort of done as a four party a four person dungeon crawler uh which is right up my alley personally because i grew up playing games like the bard's tale um where you have a sort of a roster a guild full of heroes but then you decide when you're going to go dungeon crawling you pick your roster and they all have their own progress and you kind of get used to this guy and he's your favorite of you know he's your favorite magician and this guy's your favorite bard and you can mix them up and oh you might want to bring one of the guys up from the minor leagues and you know uh and it just kind of works like that you go into the dungeon come back out heal up and kind of do it again and get a little bit further every time um so that's kind of the idea here, but this is sort of a a two. It's a mix of two D. It really is kind of a two D game where you're side scrolling, uh, and you're basically always moving from left to right. There is a an exploration component, and you you can sort of think of it almost like uh like there's a mini map, and it it it's got rooms connected with hallways. And no matter which direction the hallways are in, because on the map it'll actually be laid out and, you know, some rooms will connect to other rooms and some places will be a dead end, but there's hallways interconnecting them. And no matter which direction you go, whether you go up or left or down or right, the, the action always happens from left to right. And as you move through the hallways, you might encounter traps or random encounters of, of monsters, um, treasures, 
um, you know, torches, things like that. And, um, and, and basically you move from room to room and kind of encounter what's there. And the battles are all random. The, the, you know, every time you go into the dungeon, it's kind of a random mission, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, even if you go back the way you were, you came from before, still the action moves from left to right. So it's just sort of the way they... I mean, you could almost see that they took a very simple idea and, and kind of fleshed it out with a little more production value, I guess. But but the concept really is simple. You're going to encounter some stuff on your way from room to room, picking up resources, picking up money, uh, things like that that you're going to bring then back out of the dungeon. Um, the game is very, like, grimdark also. Uh, there's some some sort of narrator voice acting, and it's always very winding serpentine roads and tenebrian artifices and the darkness. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very, you know, I mean, it definitely gets into that. Um, and the game is really about managing sanity uh, or stress. They call it in the game, you, you get you have a stress meter. So your guys have hit points and then they also have stress. And you manage your light level, your torches. You light torches as you go through the dungeon as well. Uh, and different events that happen will cause your guys to accumulate more stress. Um, and if they accumulate too much stress, they start to get little quirks, or they start to go kind of insane, basically. Uh, they can, for example, get temporary insanity, or they'll start to become masochistic, or they'll start to, you know... There, there are a whole number of little modifiers, I guess you could say. And, and did, did either of you guys play Rogue Legacy, for example? Yeah, I played that a little bit. I was terrible at it. I played quite a bit of it, actually. And you guys are both actually better than me at that. But, <laughs> um, but, but you know how in that game you could have little like your your every generation your guy could have some like weird trait or yeah. something, and it might yeah. it might make right. you jump extra high, or it might make you walk extra slow, or you know have extra good damage. It was always random, and it was never exactly. was necessarily good. Yeah, or some bad of them were bad. I remember like whatever. there was like nearsightedness or something where your character could only see so far on the screen you couldn't yeah, see the like whole you screen. had a ring of visibility and then it was dark around it or something like yep. that so it kind of has this you have positive traits which might give you buffs in battle and you might have negative traits that'll do just kind of any number of things um and as your guys take critical damage they might you, you see this little marker kind of the, the the little um icon of the darkest dungeon is kind of like this halo with little spikies coming out of it and you can either have negative uh stress like you know that a dark one goes above your head and you can accumulate stress points or if you get a good critical hit against someone or if something good happens you, you sometimes will get you know benefits or you'll kind of become less stressed i guess it'll be relaxing i, I don't really know what that's supposed to be but um eventually you know your body will give in if you if you uh, take too much stress, you'll actually have a heart attack and die. Your characters can die, it is permanent death, but you always have an influx of new heroes coming into the town outside the dungeon, and kind of in the same sort of Diablo-esque, you know, there's a blacksmith, and there's a, a caravan that people come in on. There's a, a tavern and a, uh, a church, I think it is, that you can actually have your guys, when you come out of the dungeons after completing a mission successfully, um, you can de-stress them, and you can either have them go drinking, you can have them gamble, you can have them go pray, or be flat Adulated and beaten, uh, or or whatever, and that you know reduces their their stress level or whatever. There's also a sanitarium, so that if you get you can eventually get permanent negative effects. So you you can have a guy who is always always accumulates more stress whenever your torch level is fifty percent or less or or something like that. Um, so so the way the game is, uh, generally speaking, I really like the mix of the random and the controllable elements of the game. Um, your characters can use up to four abilities, and you have your four characters, and so you can mix them and match them. Uh, the position 
that they take, so your four people basically line up left to right. So it's not like Final Fantasy where your guys line up top to bottom and then you just step forward and attack and then step back. Um, your position, one, two, three, four, kind of determines what abilities you can use to fight the bad guys, and then also the bad guys kind of are determined by their position as well. So some of your attacks will simply hurt people, but some of them might reshuffle the positions and, and mess the bad guys up. Or they might attack you and push your head guy all the way to the back where he can't really do any good attacks, or, you know, so on and so on. Um, so as you're constructing your party, you can do some things to try and put yourself in a position where you're going to be able to do your best attacks or your best healing abilities or whatever by putting your people in a position, and you can spec them up so that they, you know, this guy's going to be a good damage dealer, this person's going to be a good healer, keep her in the back, keep, you know, keep this person up front, whatever. Um, and then, you know, the fact that your guys get these stress and, and sanity problems, you have to retire them or, or, or give them a timeout, I guess you would say, uh, and you have to swap somebody else out to take them in, and basically that mixes up your strategy and you kind of have to have to deal with it at that point. Um, and the game is about accumulating money, and it's about accumulating, uh, you know, uh, your guys need food, there's a hunger element too, so you kind of keep them fed while they're down there. Um, and so you're managing both the health and the stress, and basically just kind of, you just keep plunging further into the depths. Uh, different levels, different areas. There's a, uh, you know, the manor that you go down into. There's a, a weald or, or I guess a, a forest, I guess you'd say. Um, blighted zones and everything. And you sort of pick your difficulty level based on what you think your party can handle. Um, and it is on, so I've been playing on the PlayStation 4 and the Vita. It is cross-save. Uh, so there's a cross-save functionality. I've been playing primarily on the Vita just because I've been taking it portable. And a couple of things about the Vita version. It plays great. Um, it does use the touchpad in the back to kind of some, you know, cycle through menus and things like that, which, you know, seems to work okay. There's nothing super offensive there. Does not use the touchscreen at all, as far as I can tell. I feel like one time I might have tapped something and it might have worked, but it doesn't really... I don't know, nothing really jumped out at me. Uh, but there's a lot of text in this game, so everything is really small. It's legible, but I find myself sometimes like really leaning in close to see what's going on. So it's the kind of game that if you know kind of what's going on, if you have a good idea already of, you know, what does this, uh, what does this trinket do? What does this buff uh, spell do, or, or, or that sort of thing? It's probably better to have a good idea of that on a bigger screen, like on the PlayStation 4, and take the Vita and, you know, kind of have a little bit more of a, you know, mobile experience without having to, you know, squint and lean in. Uh, the other thing is that on the Vita, the Vita does have, as you guys know, a... Um sort of app swap kind of thing. Like, you can actually run multiple applications. The Darkest Dungeon does not like anything to be running. You can't run the Remote Play app. You can't run Settings. You can't run the PlayStation Store. Wait, you can't run Settings? Uh, I, well, I, you know, you might be able to run settings. I mean, you can't run things that I would normally expect to be able to run. I was really surprised by that. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's not a super high, you know, it doesn't seem like a real high horsepower type game. Um, but, but I was kind of surprised because usually I'll run, you know, XCOM or something and then I'll, you know, I'll decide, yeah, I'm going to play something on the PlayStation 4 and I'll just minimize that and go run the PS4 remote play and it'll work just fine. But this, anytime I try and do just about anything else, it'll say, nope, it's going to close this game. Uh, and the game even says like, oh, we save all the time. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. Probably save the last thing I did because, you know, they don't want you to cheat the game. Um, so I closed it, did something else, came back and it did not save my game. So be aware when it says that it saves often. It saves not that often, so um, I, so I think you you can save at any time though. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. So you have a party here, and you're going through dungeons, and mm -hmm. people can die in those dungeons. Mm -hmm. So are you leveling up these characters as you go along? As you yes. Okay. So it, yes. could you get in a situation where like, and you bring up XCOM, where this is like 
my problem with XCOM and why I didn't beat the XCOM Enemy Unknown the first time through is like I got like three quarters of the way through the game, party wiped, and then all I had left back at the the base was a bunch of newbies. Yeah, Darkest Dungeon is definitely less forgiving than I think Jeremy made it sound like, and you can you can certainly enter a death spiral with you know an under leveled team. Well, here's here's the difference though, because and you're right. I mean, it it can you can definitely snowball. In fact, before we started recording, I had a situation where my insane guys were making my other people insane, and you know they'll start like mumbling things, and everyone else is like whoa, like they start you know getting more stress and stuff. So you really have to manage that because you reach a tipping point at least in a given session now the difference is and the reason why i don't think that uh, that analogy quite holds up here against xcom is that xcom had kind of a story and a and a prime you know sort of a critical path that's going on all the time with darkest dungeon you can actually choose you can choose your level. So at the beginning, you can like try and select a, a harder place, and the, and the people will be like, no, no, I can't handle that, or whatever. So I, I haven't gotten to this situation, but I don't see any reason why, if you lost all of your best characters, you, you might roll your eyes and sigh and whatever, but you could take new characters down into the easy levels of the dungeon and start working on them okay. and building so, them. So you can grind it out if you need to. If you need to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it is definitely a bummer to lose people. I actually had a situation. In fact, this last time I got to the very end, I I told it I did not want to end the mission because I was in a room with a chest, checked the chest, and suddenly all of my guys started having heart attacks from stress. And I lost like two two people like right there just <laughs> after I had won the mission. I don't know even what happened. So uh, that was a bummer. Um, but yeah, you I you can always go back, I I think. I don't see any reason why you couldn't just go back and choose an easier level. Okay. So. So, Darkest Dungeon on PC, now on PlayStation 4 and Vita. Um, I want to say it's $20, and it is cross-buy. I mentioned that it's cross-save, but it is also cross-buy on the on the Sony platform. So, if you have a PlayStation 4 and a Vita, uh, not a bad haul. Uh, the next game I'm going to talk about is something that I believe Jared has a little bit to say about, which is the For Honor Alpha. Jared? For yeah? Honor! For Honor! <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I'll That's try good. and... I'll try and run through it real quick. So they had a, a weekend, I think it was, of a uh, closed alpha. So this is by invitation. In fact, I got my invitation from Jared. Thank you, sir. Mm. And uh, For Honor is kind of a combination of, like, a Dark Souls combat kind of game uh, mixed with a little bit of Muso. So there are missions where you're, like, wading through hordes of little, like, peon dudes. Um and it's got kind of a rock, paper, scissors combat thing when you're doing single combat. Um, and let me let me see if I can if I can break this down. So I have, I have I have an easier analogy. Go for it. Mountain Blade charged headfirst into Dota Two, and this is what came out. Wow. Maybe so you've, you've got one game nobody's played and one game everybody plays. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got the combat, the one on one. Style combat of Mountain Blade and creeps. So, so the thing is, though, that it, it definitely has a almost a fighting game element to it. I mean, they are definitely emphasizing, you know, fighting against one other heroic character or two other heroic characters or dealing with that kind of thing. Because the way it works is you have some stances that you can do. And uh, I, I definitely recommend playing with this on a controller. I, I was playing on PC, but I had a controller plugged in, and I, I can't see how this would work with a mouse and keyboard. Well, it works better because that's the superior... Yeah, the the office equipment. Play it on the office equipment. Yeah, exactly. Um, So your stances are you have three uh, directions, I guess, that you can sort of toggle up into. So they're sort of up and then left-wise and right-wise. And what that 
amounts to is you can attack or defend in that position. So you, you can see what the guy across from you is doing. You can see if he's pointing to his left, you know, if his stance is to the left, you can parry as long as you're in that same stance, uh, and the same with the other positions. So an attacker will probably try and change their stance and attack before you as the defender can can move to that same position. So that's one element of it, is the direction that you're fighting and defending in. Then from, from inside there, then you have that, a series of uh, quick so attacks just, and then hard attacks, yeah. Yeah, and so just before you leave that, that is that style of combat where your mouse or controller controls which direction you attack from mm-hmm, is very mm-hmm. Mountain Blade. Uh, well, that style of game. Mountain Blade did it. Um, I don't think Chivalry was that style. Uh, War of the Roses was that way. I think I think the difference though is it was because in Mountain Blade, whenever I played it, it was always like if I'm walking in a certain direction, then I'll do kind of a swing from the side, or if I'm walking in another direction, I'll do kind of a no. Swing from it the it was tied to your mouse. You just probably weren't very good. That that could be. I, that may be the theme of this show. Um, right. So you can play. So in the alpha, anyway, they would let you play one versus one, two versus two, or three versus three. Which then, if you're playing that mode, it's a larger sort of conquest mode where you're capturing points. And in between those points, you have these just hordes of little, just you know, knights or or just little creeps. dudes. That, yeah, creeps that you basically just cut through. And I never really found that they did much other than just gave you a little bit of you know a little bit of resistance and, and some points here and there. Um, so, but, so the the reason they mattered was in order to capture the in that three versus three mode. There was three capture points, and the to capture the capture. middle to capture the middle capture point, you had to defeat the enemy's creeps and push them back. Yeah, I th- yeah, you're right. I think it was the creeps that would actually do the capturing. It wasn't. They would both sit there in the middle if you didn't push them back, and your guys aren't going to defeat their guys, yeah. so you really have to get in there and start cracking skulls. Yeah. Uh, and, and then uh, it was a pretty limited, I mean, there is a loot component to it, so if you win or lose, uh, you might find a helmet or a sword or something, and I'm not really clear on, I mean, it would give you some buffs, but I'm not sure exactly what it would do, probably it, some it, it kind of followed, yeah, it kind of followed that similar style, uh, you see this a lot, like Battlefield 4 um, has similar, like, the different guns aren't necessarily better, one just may have, you know, faster attack, but less damage or you know it takes longer to aim or you know i don't know all the stats that they were using for all the equipment but it's similar to that there's a slider a couple sliders per equipment and different pieces of gear move it up or down so so how technical is the fighting like does this feel like a fighting game almost I think it's a fighting game in that you kind of have to be mindful of the space that the other person is controlling and, and what they're doing with it. Um, it. Because in addition to the, the I mentioned the quick hits, the the heavy hits, then there's also kind of a throwing component too where you can actually grab yeah. the other person and either toss them or grab them and then and then before they can recover, um, start start hitting them. So it gets the, a little bit Street Fighter-y maybe, kind of? I mean, yeah, just in a I, I would say that... The game will certainly reward if you um, actually learn how to counter, right? So if if they're coming in to do a throw, you can counter that throw, which will then take them off balance and allow you to, you know, deal damage or or whatever. One character I know that I played had this ability to increase the speed of his attack if you were switching uh, le- like stances left to right between each attack. So if if you know that, you kind of know that, oh, he's going to attack this way, and maybe I countered the wrong way and took the hit, but I know you know exactly where he's going with the next attack because he's going to want to try to keep that speed up. So it, it does have that sort of fighting game style where you really need to be watching your opponent 
and it's not just about you know whoever can click spam the fastest takes down the enemy but don't watch him too close because his buddy is coming up behind you and, and... that's my next question <laughs> yeah, that's true mm-hmm. so uh, from what little i've seen of this game it looked like if you get in like a 2v1 situation you are in deep trouble very quickly and so i wonder what on like a 3v3 situation like if I pop in there by myself, am I going to get like just steamrolled by two people working together? Potentially. Um, I mean, as as long, I mean, because you can always yeah. escape. I mean, one of your options in battle, as the great Sun Tzu once said, is get the hell out. Um, right. So, so there is that option. And, you know, I know that Ubisoft is really paying attention to that. I think I'm allowed to talk about this, but they sent out a post-play survey after, and they were actually asking exactly those kinds of questions. Like, okay. did you feel like you could escape? Uh, or, you know, how, how often would you, you know, did you feel it was it, fair when it was two versus one or whatever? And, and there were a few instances, I know, when I played. I didn't get a chance to play it a lot because I was actually out of town that weekend. But um, where I, I would just turn and run. And the, the maps aren't huge. And on the three verse three, there's you're you're mostly fighting around the capture points, so you could kind of pay attention as a player and try to group up with. If you see one of your allies, you can see his sort of icon through the map, through the terrain. If you see him kind of over there at at point A, then you, you might go over and kind of assist, and and then the two v one certainly becomes two verse two, and. Yeah, so I think kind of like with most things, I don't think there's ever a guaranteed fail state, but I think a a strategic retreat sometimes is, you know, definitely helpful in those situations. So played a little bit of that. It was only a few days' time. Um, I believe they are planning on doing another open event, I think, at some point. I feel like I saw something about that. So after playing the alpha, are you more or less likely to buy the game or more or less excited about it? I think I'm more interested than it was because I really honestly I didn't even really know what to expect before I got into it I mean I knew there was like beardy guys um, but I didn't realize that there were different classes of characters like knights versus vikings versus samurai versus whatever like that was kind of cool I did find once I sort of understood the idea of that single combat and the parrying I felt like it was you know I I felt like I could hold my own in a fight and actually do pretty well because the controls were simple enough the idea was simple enough that it's just you know make sure that you're blocking make sure that you are careful about throws make sure that you're you know you know where your enemies are um will there be more i mean again this was an alpha so it means it's not feature complete i definitely would like to see more stuff to do like i found the conquest modes really interesting and and you know clearly they're not going to show you everything they've got but it was basically one map um but but i i felt like i was more interested in that than necessarily just going 1v1 or 2v2 with, with other yeah I, I definitely enjoyed the conquest mode just because it kind of gives you an objective i mean i'm i'm kind of biased i think my two of my top five games in Steam, most played games, are Mountain Blade Warband and uh, War of the Roses. Now, the Mountain Blade Warband I played was probably most of those hours were spent in the CRPG mod, which was essentially takes the multiplayer and adds a leveling up and sort of skill, you know, like you earn new equipment mechanic to the game. So, <laughs> yeah, this. It's the type of game that I really enjoy. I really like the the me- melee sort of uh, quote first person shooters, online shooters or whatever. Um, so I'm excited about it. I, I I liked what I liked what they did. What what I saw the combat I felt was um, was good. It, it felt good. It looked good. Uh, you know, it's got a long way to go. I think it, it's not even a 2016 release. Not coming out till next year. So mm. I'll definitely be keeping my eye on it. 
good point, good point. Yeah, that same, same here. Definitely on my radar now at this point. Uh, and uh, speaking of radars, uh, Jared, I feel like you've played a few games that actually use a radar, right? Right? Um, no. Yeah. Bad transition. Yeah. No. Yes. I So I've actually um, been playing uh, quite a few games, but uh, I kind of want to just talk about a few here. So uh, you, if you tuned in on Monday, which, you know, Jeremy <clears throat> didn't, mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would know I've been playing a quite a bit of Battle Right. Uh, Battle Right is, I don't know. Battle Right is amazing. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Podcast I, I heard over. really good. Th- yeah, that's it. The end. <laughs> good night, everybody. Uh, I mean, based on what I saw from the video, so you can watch if you like me missed it. You can actually check it over on our YouTube archive. And uh, that's I right. didn't realize that it was. I mean, I thought it was more of just a fighting arena type thing, but I guess it's got some MOBA stuff going on. Yeah, so it's it's. I like to think of it as it is essentially if you took the uh, late game type MOBA combat where where players pretty much just focus on each other, and that that's that game. So you don't level up per match, uh, and it's there's a two versus two or three versus three mode, and the arena is relatively small. There's no lanes or anything like that. There's no bases. There's no towers to destroy. It's essentially a two versus two or three versus three head-on team deathmatch. And it's sort of a top-down isometric view. You control with the WASD keys. You have a few sort of... uh, Each character has a few different abilities. You have like a, uh, you know, sort of a, a regular attack, a heavy attack, and then, you know, an escape on the space bar. You might have a ranged attack on the e key you know different different things there's a few different classes so there's ranged classes melee classes and support classes Mm -hmm. which you can kind of think of as your tanks your damage dealers and your healers Um, which really comes into play in three versus three matches uh two versus two matches not so much you can't quite get the good balance of having like oh i'm gonna have a tank and a damage dealer or a healer in a tank because it if the other team is smart they'll just focus down the healer and you're left you know outnumbered essentially so i I found it to be a lot of fun um it's actually a sort of a spiritual successor i think to this developer stunlock studios previous game bloodline champions which i played way uh, say way back in the day uh, several years ago i want to say four or five years ago uh that didn't really get a whole lot of I don't recall if it got a lot of accolades, but it certainly didn't get a lot of, uh, uh, you know, followers. It had a very I'm trying sort to remember of cult following. I'm trying to remember if I've even heard of it. It had a pretty cult following, but it didn't really balloon like you would have hoped it to. I think it just kind of came out just before that wave of the new, you know, League of Legends and Dota 2 and, and those type of things. So it was just a little bit ahead of its time, a little too out there for people to really kind of grasp. Um but it is it is a lot of fun. The matches go really fast, so it's the best out of five. So you have to win three rounds. The arena itself starts shrinking at two minutes. So you can imagine you can get in and out of a game, you know, in as quick as even six minutes if if you sweep the other team. Um, but typically, I was finding them lasting ten to twelve minutes, which is I, I think pretty good because you just get in, you start uh, you start kind of playing. You get right into the the head on combat. You don't have to kind of farm or grind anything out, and uh, and then you're done. So even when even when I felt like I was losing very poorly, like whether it was you know my fault for being a total noob or my teammates' fault for being a total noob or we were new <laughs> brothers together, 
you know, I, I feel like the loss of, quote, wasting my time was a lot less severe i mean it's like oop, yep well there goes six minutes i'll, I'll try another character um so it, it's pretty good it is going to be free to play it is not free to play while it's in early access it does have a 20 dollar buy-in that um, seems to be a common thing these days yeah, more, yeah more there was a magic I, and I actually struggled to remember it at the time and i probably should have looked it up before i started talking about it here but we actually showed a uh, magica wizard wars um, it was similar. You had to kind of buy into the early access period. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. If you go watch the video and you look at it and say, boy, that sure does look like something I might like, it's probably something you'll like and probably worth the money. I think they do make it worth your while a little bit. Um, I think you get all the, like, any upcoming heroes, you know, free, unlocked for free since you bought it. I, I'm not really sure. You'd have to double check on that. Um, but it... It's a lot of fun. I've I've actually been playing it quite a bit. Not even not even on the stream, which is pretty rare. Typically, I stream a game and then never look at it and that's again. That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's really good. It has actually a kind of a neat feature that I really appreciate. Is it saves replays of all your games, and then you can like save clips of them, and you can view different clips that people have made uh, right there in the game. So I actually did one that was just a few seconds long of me using one of the melee characters to end the round with like this belly smash it was ridiculous <laughs> and just just hilarious to watch so um just kind of neat features it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun i, I i'm hoping it really takes off i was gonna I, say I really i'd be concerned about the community on stuff like that i always it, like small games like that that are like mm-hmm. multiplayer only i always get concerned all of the press I've seen on a few of the different websites I kind of browse, you know, off and on in my downtime, seem to have really good things to say about it. Uh, the few videos I watched on YouTube of other people playing it, uh, they had really good things to say about it. So I, I'm hopeful. Um, I'll definitely be playing it. So they've got at least one fan. Cool. Nice. The other game I've been playing, it, it actually, I don't know why I've been playing a bunch of games that start with Battle. Um, Battlefield 4. Which is I know, three years old tomorrow. That's crazy. I, I just that looked it up, actually. Happy birthday. Battle yeah. Amazing. Assuming so we're yeah. So my, the games I'm playing just will feel progressively older as we move through <laughs> them. So <laughs> Battle Right, nice and, nice and fresh. Uh, Battlefield 4, you know, I, I don't know that we really need to talk too much about this. I mean, I don't know. If you don't know what Battlefield 4 is, then... It's uh, it's the best shooter ever. And I'm not, okay. And I'm not joking. <laughs> I, think, I think Battlefield 4 is, like, the crispest, crispest and, like, most fun-to-play shooter that I've ever played at this point. It wasn't on release... But after three years of they, expansions, they it up. exactly yeah. like just like the like moment to moment like running around, the shooting mechanics are perfect. Um, I really really like Battlefield Four. Yeah, so funny you mentioned the expansions, kind of uh, bringing it up to uh, its exalted state. So I, I don't think they still are, but for a while on Origin, the expansions were all free. Uh, so I grabbed all of those. Uh, and just been playing through it, so it's actually added quite a bit of content. I've been sure, I've been uh, specifically sure to play on servers that have those expansions Which running. Which can and not be just, hard to find. 
usually it's like they have the one map you know what i mean and mm-hmm. that's all they play on 24 7 and, and that bugs the the heck out of me so i've been finding a few servers that seem to kind of rotate through them uh, which is pretty good. There's there's quite a few. It actually looks really great. It's to the point where it's like, I guess I've upgraded my computer a few times since I played it last. So I can basically set everything to the top and it looks nice and it plays good. The sound is good. You know, Battlefield games have always been uh, one of my gold standards for, for sort of in-game sound design. They, they've always done a really good job. Uh, so I, I don't really know what else to say about it. it it's battlefield it is what it is it was free i think dale brought it up so i went and installed it and said hey why not um, <laughs> the, the only thing that kind of bugged me it took forever to download and install that game between it's... the base game and all the expansions it had to download like i don't know like 60 gigabytes of data so on i have it on ps4 well i also have it on pc but i play it on ps4 now um, I think it's up to 79 gigs of space, <laughs> which on it, a PS4 with a stock hard everything. drive is considerable. Well, and like, I I don't have the fastest internet by any means, but it's serviceable. And mm-hmm. most stuff I'm like, I'm going to download this and maybe it takes like two hours tops. It took me two days <laughs> just of off and on. The computer had shut down after a few hours. I'm like, oh, i got to turn that back on, leave it on overnight. <laughs> like, I haven't done that since, in, like, since probably Battlefield 4 released. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been enjoying that. I'll probably play it for a little bit longer, although I did pre-order. Um, yeah, it happened. I pre-ordered Battlefield 1. Battlefield so 1. I can guarantee the minute that comes out, Battlefield 4 is coming off the hard drive. R.I.P. Oh, well, it'll be fun while it lasts. Uh, Stepping back a little further in time uh, with a new game, however, it uh, definitely does not try to add too much to the old formula, is Cossacks 3. So Cossacks is a weird East European franchise uh, about that sort of Cossacks, um, you know, pikemen and musketeer. Uh, era of warfare and it's I, I don't know it's it's a circa 2000 real-time strategy game you complete with base building and peasant spam and having to mass up tons of units and upgrade the units at the you know with the different upgrades and it, it doesn't I, I don't know that it adds a whole lot to the formula in fact it feels a lot like the original games in terms of just its visual look and well, when i saw it content. i thought it was from like the early 2000s yeah it, it 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 really and truly is and i remember playing quite a bit of i think just the original cossacks and it even feels to me like they have the same nations they have the same you know buildings even look the same but um you know i don't know i like it a lot i don't know what to say <laughs> so on the on the continuum of say like age of empire style play versus like total war type play where does this fit in that in that right continuum? in the middle right so in the middle. it it is an age of empire style rts where you start on a map you you know you'll start with 20 peasants i, I don't even know the number something like that Lord. you got to build a town so, yeah whoa, whoa, whoa. you have to build a town Those center are the monks. You, just i i can't let that go the, whoa, 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 <laughs> no i agree that was the uh, granary when you clicked on it um I always thought it said Cocoa Puff, and I'm like, why are they storing Cocoa Puffs in the granary? I guess it makes sense. Where else would you store your ancient Cocoa Puffs? Um, (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, so it's you build your town center, then you need to build a, a mill, and a farm grows, and you assign peasants to farm at the mill, and you got to go chop wood, et cetera, and so forth. Eventually, you're going to build a barracks, and by eventually, I mean do it immediately, otherwise you're going to get swarmed by the enemy. And then you start cranking out troops. You're going to start with pikemen at first, right? Because they're cheap and fast. Eventually, you want like your musketeers for your ranged units. Uh, the game claims you can have up to ten thousand units on in a like on the screen at a time in a battle. That I seems like a lot. I don't know that you can get that many, but it. it I mean, that's something you'd hear claimed by like a total war game. So when you get to the battles, the idea is to mass, you know, very large armies. Um, not to just have like 10 pikemen and some longbowmen and that's what wins the game for you. You're going to need, you, if you think you've made enough, go ahead and keep making them. There's actually a setting when you're creating units like pikemen. You can just have it create units indefinitely. <laughs> oh, wow. And it will just crank them out uh, literally handy. forever. So uh, that's pretty neat. There are some other sort of neat things uh, about the game is your units when you build them will actually cost i mean not only do they have an upfront cost but they they cost food like over time like so you have to keep them supplied so you'll find yourself um you can find yourself if you over over build your economy in, in kind of dire straits and your guys will start uh, you know turning on you or uh i can't remember if they if they actually turn on you or die i haven't run into it personally but i was reading about this Hmm. Um, some other units cost gold to maintain. So like you can hire mercenaries that cost gold, uh, larger ships cost gold to maintain. So you can have like ships of the line, but they're very expensive and very slow and cost a lot of money even as they just exist. So if you build one and just put it in your Harbor, you're spending money just to sit it there, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is really kind of a cool concept because that, that kind of encourages you to push forward instead of massing up, you know, 20 of those things, you, you're going to be paying for them the whole time. You might right. as well send them in and start bombarding the uh, the uh, enemy's shore. So right. not a whole lot there. It has a few ideas that are kind of cool. I don't I don't, I don't want to say they're unique or new, but uh, it seems to be a pretty good take on it. It's pretty solid uh, in terms of uh, I haven't run into any bugs or anything like that. The, I started playing the campaigns <laughs> and... I got maybe midway through a mission and decided I'd never play RTSs for their campaigns. So I quit that, and I, I've just been playing um, skirmish mode. random skirmish modes ever since. And the maps actually randomly generate. So you just like Age of Empires could, you can choose a map style, and it will generate random terrain for you to go you know, take it to the Turks or whatever. Right. So really, really good if you like that sort of game. If you've never really cared for those types of RTSs, uh, don't bother. So I just want to throw out there that this game was made by the same people who made the amazing Stalker games. That's right. So GSC, That's right. So GSC Game World. Game World. So they made the original Cossacks, made Stalker, and they came back to Cossacks. I, I don't know. I believe they are much smaller now. Like... They were a big studio for Stalker, and then they basically like got sold or something, if I remember correctly, because I was really looking forward to the next Stalker game, so I was following I, I think, this at some I think point. Like, yeah, I think like Stalker got sold off along with most of the team, but the company stayed... Uh, yeah, it was weird. There basically, was I want more Stalker. Shenanigans. I need well, more Stalker you, in my life. You asked for Stalker, and you got Cossacks 3. Yeah, it's... <laughs> 
this is stalker 2 i guess it's some sort of weird the, this is it the apocalypse has happened and this is what i went back to this is this is what you've got left you've yeah. got uh, muskets and pikemen okay and i think that lesson is to uh, be careful what you ask for because you don't know what you'll get but listeners i can tell you that you'll be getting more game bite show before too long at all in fact we'll be back soon sooner than you think at the top of this week to talk to you about the news the new releases and a video game topic of discussion but uh, if you have anything to tell us about the games that we've been playing this week you can reach out to us individually or as a group on twitter we are at game Byte show but if you'd like to talk to us one at a time i am at jeremy underscore lamont i'm at red underscore i and i'm at wesley livesey that's wesley l-i-v-e-s-a-y do it right or else you're going to be talking to some porn bot somewhere yeah, uh, probably which you might do anyway yeah. yeah you could i like to masquerade as a twitter porn bot for sure <laughs> uh our other two guys not here tonight with us legrand jolly at legrand l-e-g-r-a-n-d-e and dale count elmdor jones at count elmdor on twitter and uh as we mentioned we have a twitch.tv stream that we do at least once a week and jared this past week played battle right so you can uh you know, subscribe to Twitch and see the games as we play them there. Or if you miss them, you can find our archive over at youtube.com slash show as well. Uh, we've got an Extra Life event coming up here, what, in a couple of months, I think? Right? Yeah, November 5th, if I actually do it on the, the National Game Day, which I'm trying to arrange. So that will be fun. You will see 24 hours of <laughs> me playing games like Cossix 3 and Battle Right <laughs> and Battlefield 1 and possibly Titanfall 2 will be out. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Are, wow. are we going to are we going to revive the Mech Warrior online tradition? Oh, I man. will install Mech Warrior and not know what I'm doing okay. just for this. That it sounds great. It definitely has changed. But join us there and uh, you know if you can't remember all of those places to find us just go check us out over at gamebyteshow.com. Uh, also, we have a Discord community. You can get the Discord app and find us at the Game Byte Show community there on Discord. Uh, we definitely give you preferential treatment if you show up at the Discord community. That's true. Uh, the the we, uh, rabble on Twitter, we don't give the time of day. You 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 are you're giving the the top tier highest quality um, cold shoulder ignoring <laughs> ignoring you as you try to talk to us treatment oh man only on this board but we love you anyway and we love that you tune in and listen to us and until next time this has been your game bite show thank you so much we will see you next time bye bye i want to play